0: From the heart of the Carolinas, a voice in the wilderness, a thought provoking broadcast in a world of ignorant nonsense. But some people without brains do an awful lot of talking, don't they?
1: Yes, I guess you're right.
0: This is the Vince Coakley radio program.
1: And good morning. Welcome to the broadcast. Good to be back with you as we edge yet closer to Friday. <laughs> Some of us keep track of those things. Hope you're well today. And I want to put a smile on your face at the beginning of this broadcast. Obviously, we have edgy things to talk about, as we always do. But I want to begin with a positive and encouraging story. Before I even go into the story, I can just affirm to you, I don't know what's going on in your life and the lives of people around you. Maybe it's just the season of life I'm in. But I'm encountering a lot of people who are really struggling right now. Discouragement, depression, anxiety. Some on medication, some not. But I encounter a lot of people, and I think I've told you on this broadcast before, how sometimes I feel like I wear a sign that says, come talk to me about your problems. I've had people approach me in the store. One woman approached me in a Walmart a couple of years ago, starts sharing about things going on in her life. She was in tears. I say this because you just never know what's going on, even with the people around you, in your, wake- your workplace right now. Someone may look like they've got it all together and inside things are coming apart It's so important to Be a beacon of encouragement and safety At a time like that I find this over and over again I had a I may talk more about this later on because it really connects with something else I just got a friend going through just so many things and I, uh, I recognize that this is a time where I think stress is very high for a lot of people. And especially for younger people trying to cope with the challenges of life. And sometimes they just need that one person who's going to make a difference. As you know, the Memphis Police Department's been under a microscope for uh, many, many days now. In the wake of horrendous events that happened there. But it's really important to understand... That while we had several officers who participated in something absolutely horrendous, most police officers go about their jobs every day, doing what they can to save lives. They're sacrificing themselves, putting their lives on the line, really, with every call. They don't know what's going to happen. I want to put in the spotlight. A Memphis police officer who saved a life. Rather than me telling the story, I thought it best just to let you hear the story communicated by the person who reported the story at WREG in Memphis. Listen to this account of a Memphis police officer who was in the right place at the right time and kept a young man from jumping off a bridge. Here is Bria Jones.
2: It's been said a picture is worth a thousand words. But for Officer Tina Shaw, this image brings one word to mind. Joy. A joyful moment she'll never forget, comforting a suicidal teen
3: on the I-40 bridge last Thursday. I said, son, I said, it's going to be okay. I said, it's going to be okay. God going to get you through this.
2: Uttering these words as the two held on to each other on the side of the icy bridge. It's going to be okay. And he was crying,
3: I shed a few tears.
2: Shaw, a 15-year veteran with the Memphis Police Department, is on the department's crisis intervention team. As most of the department rushed to East Memphis to the scene of an officer-involved shooting, she stayed back and headed to aid
3: the 17-year-old boy. That was a very chaotic day. This is one of the reasons why I'm also a police officer, is to help. People that are suicide, uh, mentally ill. She says the teen was in tears talking about
2: the struggle of being a young father and the pressures of life.
3: I was telling him, hey, look, your son needs you. You know, there's no you without him.
2: As a mother with two young sons herself, Officer Shaw says after 15 minutes, she was able to convince him not to jump into the Mississippi River, eventually reuniting him with his family and sending him to a facility where he can get help.
3: I actually had to lift his leg over and he grabbed me by my shoulder. We just immediately hugged each other. We're
2: now in this time where the police department is under so much scrutiny, but then you have thousands of people calling you a hero. How does that feel?
3: It was the best feeling in the world. Um, in spite of all the negativity, there are a few officers, quite a bit officers on this department that are great.
1: And they're everywhere. They're here in the city of Charlotte. They are here in Greenville, South Carolina, in Spartanburg, in Traveler's Rest. They're in Hendersonville, North Carolina. All the places within the sound of my voice and beyond. Making a difference just like this young officer. I want you to remember that. And I didn't plan this, but when you encounter a police officer... Thank them. Just thank them. Especially at a time like this when there's so much negative publicity. And and not just now. How long has it been that we've seen story after story about rogue cops? And yet, so often, the people who serve wonderfully don't get the attention they deserve So, I am so encouraged by the life saved, and it inspires me. I hope it inspires you. By the way, it's a great opportunity to draw your attention. If you're at a place of discouragement, depression, and God forbid, suicide, 988 is the number to call. That's the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline. 988 there's also seven four one seven four one to reach a trained crisis counselor through the crisis text line that's a global not not not-for-profit organization it's free 24 7 confidential so I want to take the opportunity again to put this out there Just in case anybody within the sound of my voice, you need help. By the way, I'm I'm just looking as I read that information to you about these phone numbers. A story here. Three quarters of suicides are male. Why aren't men seeking help for their mental health? Boy, that's a conversation as well. I've covered that many times. We've got to get over ourselves. Guys, let's cut out all of the posing and let's be real I hope you have men around you you can be real with it's now more than ever it's really important to have those kinds of people around you much more as we continue our broadcast stay with us back on the Vince Coakley radio program I need to tell you about some breaking news that's just in moments ago. Bert Bacharach. Many of you are familiar with him, legendary composer. He's passed away at the age of 94. My goodness. 94 years old. can you imagine? Bert Bacharach. He's a man who had a run of top 10 hits from the 1950s into the 21st century. Described by the Associated Press. The singularly gifted and popular composer and Oscar winner, delighting millions with the quirky arrangements, unforgettable melodies of Walk On By. Remember that one? Do You Know the Way to San Jose? Dozens of other hits. Passed away at his home in Los Angeles yesterday from natural causes. Wow. 94 years old. If you'd like to join the conversation, the GS Plumbing talk line, 800 928 eleven10 800 the Common Sense Retirement Planning text line, is 71307 in response to what I shared at the top of the broadcast wonderful story of a police officer kept a young man from committing suicide by jumping off a bridge into the Mississippi River I mentioned how people approach me all the time and people talk to me all the time about problems in fact I've got a friend who is just dead set determined I, it's almost like a singular mission from this friend of mine To reel me back from listening to people and their issues and their problems. (laughs) This texter says, oh my gosh, Vince, this happens to me all the time from strangers. Please consider it as I have as a gift from God. I see each one as a huge opportunity. Brings me to tears to think of it. I'm glad I'm not the only person in this. I talked about tough times. This texture says, Vince, the Ramsey budget helps a lot during these tough times. I am absolutely sure. It's helped a whole lot of people out there. I mentioned it seems like I'm wearing a sign that says, Talk to me about your issues. Jim out of Easley, Smart Alec. Vince, I thought you wore a sign that said, Kick me. <laughs> uh, my dear departed mother had that gift of people coming up to tell her their stories and problems. Yeah. Now the person simply saying of the story, yes, I love this. Vince, these people you reference that have problems, do some have relatively good health and a job? If so, they need to reflect on the blessing that they have and try not to dwell on negative things. I am a crippled person who seeks the positive in life. So wonderful of you. Thank you for sharing that. Thank you for your attitude. On the issue of men, I said too many of us men do not have people to talk to, to be real with, to not pose around. This texture in the upstate says, hits it right on the head, we are too proud. Absolutely. Vince, here's a theory. Ever since the left started the war on police, less and less people want this job. So to compensate many cities and municipalities have loosened the requirements to become a cop in some cities. You can even have a felony. That's who's wearing a badge these days. Vince, to men, to discuss your feelings, is a show of weakness. For women to talk about their feelings with other women, very natural. Yep, we got to change that, don't we? And we darn well better not only get this under control ourselves, we need to correctly... Teach our young men, our children, the importance of that. That they don't repeat this toxic behavior of posing. Men don't seek help because doing so causes someone to use as a red flag and deny your second amendment. So unfortunately, I see the red flag laws driving those with small issues underground, making them larger than life and ultimately causing more harm than good. I could certainly see that. Could certainly see that. And someone commenting about Burt Bacharach. Favorite. My mom loved him. Regarding that police officer, totally an angel. And glad there are many out there. That is from Gigi. Very much appreciate your text there. Gigi. Vince Psychiatric Issues falls into this 1963 congressional hearing about China. My my jaw dropped. Read this. We're almost there with everyone. Share this with everyone you know. Oh, goals. I will have to copy this particular link, and I'll be glad to check this out later. You always hear one of the things you always hear is an emphasis on this program is the importance of being healthy and engaging people just across the board that to me is so vitally important relationship ultimately political causes activism all of these other things they all go to seed without relationship Vince is a gift when people feel they can talk to you. That means you're a good listener, too. You also have a nice voice to listen to. Keep up the good work. Enjoy the show. Well, thank you. I will endeavor to do that. And and, and I want to remind you, the, the person I am, I stand here before you on the shoulders of people who've supported me. I think of Don Adkin who recently passed away. It's the influence, the encouragement, the support of people like that that causes me to continue to be able to do what I do because they they have poured into me. And that, in turn, enables me to do this with a younger generation. That's something... Is vitally important to invest in before we delve into other things i want to remind you about a book that i just started reading and we're going to have the man who put out this book on the program very soon the book is called red white and black it is absolutely awesome i just saw you know it's kind of cool when you use a program like kindle you can see how much of the book you've read. I've already read 21% of this book. I just got it uh, sent to me yesterday. But this book is awesome. And I want to encourage every, every single one of you read this. Every single one of you. It's Red, White, and Black by Robert Woodson. And uh, I'm going to be talking more about this in the coming weeks, and we're going to have him on this broadcast. And my good friend, uh, uh, a couple of friends of mine who have contributed to this book will also join us uh, to talk about the very important subjects covered in it. Stay with us.
0: is the Vince Coakley radio program. If you'd like to join the conversation, call Vince on the GS Plumbing Talk Line at 800-928-1110. That's 800-928-1110. Or text the Common Sense Retirement Planning text line at 71-307. Now back to Vince.
1: Oh my goodness. Welcome back to the broadcast, ladies and gentlemen. Over on the text line. Vince, I always tell a police officer thank you for your service and be careful out there. doesn't matter what you get pulled over for. If you're nice, they'll be nice back. Good part of the time, I hope that is the case. Vince, like yourself, when out in public, I try to make myself approachable by making eye contact and smiling. Some people decide to open up to me and get something off their chest. I believe all of us have a need to feel that. Our lives matter, and someone actually cares about us. Yeah. But it's the real reason men don't like sharing their problems. When we make ourselves vulnerable, the ones we confide in turn to use that against us and gossip. Not many people out there are real out here. Too many are fake. In many instances, you'd be better off confiding in your dog. <laughs> Jeff, Jeff, I fully get it. I am absolutely serious about that. <laughs> and, and this is why I always put the condition on it. Engage safe people. That is vital. Safe. Vince, the book you're recommending, Red, White, and Black, sounds like something that maybe Governor DeSantis should have to okay before you read it. <laughs> Yesterday, he banned autobiography books by Hank Aaron and Roberto Clemente you see where Donald Trump calls him a pedophile? Maybe that's something we should be looking into. Really? Oh, my goodness. We'll talk about political matters a little bit later on. Before we get there, I want to draw your attention to something that I believe is going to become a very serious issue if it indeed does happen. I'm very much concerned that this country, in this country, we need to have a conversation about Ukraine. What's our involvement there? What are the limits of our involvement? Because I believe that could be sorely tested in a matter of days. Before I go into the story, I just want to put a hypothetical about to, out to you. Let's say we reach your point. Where Vladimir Putin decides, okay, I'm done with this. You know, we've been dancing around with these Ukrainians for about a year now. Let's just get this over with. So he decides, you know, we're going to just send an overwhelming force into Ukraine, and we're just going to just go in and blow this country away. Send thousands of soldiers in, tanks, warplanes, We're just going to go in and knock it out. Get this over with. I ask you, what do you think is going to be the reaction of the international community? This is a very important question, folks. What are we going to do? My concern is the possibility we could get drawn into this without having a conversation about it. In fact, I have to wonder... What's going on with the Pentagon and this administration in preparing for this possibility? Because we need to decide in advance. How far are we going to go? Are we going to allow ourselves to get pulled into war? And I think increasingly there are voices out there of concern that we could end up there. And the consequences could be far-reaching. The U.S. Sun has this story. Countdown to Z-Day. Russia massing 1,800 tanks, 700 aircraft, and 500,000 men for a new Ukraine assault in 10 days. This explains why the president of Ukraine has been asking for jets. Vladimir Putin believed to be preparing for a massive new offensive in the coming weeks to coincide with the first anniversary of the war, February 24th. Ukraine has been monitoring the military buildup as they continue to plea for Western support. In fact, Volodymyr Zelensky paid a visit to London yesterday. He hailed the U.K. for its support, but warned it may be a situation where this is not enough what they have thus far, calling for modern fighter planes. The new assault is feared to be much bigger than the first wave, which stormed across the country towards Kiev almost a year ago. Russia, believed to be massing 1,800 tanks, 3,950 armored vehicles, 400 fighter jets, and 300 helicopters for the attack. They added Putin's also gathering 2,700 artillery guns, 810 rocket launchers for a new wave of attacks. The officials say it's much bigger than what took place in the first wave. They're not paying attention to any casualties or losses. In the next 10 days, we expect a new, huge invasion. Ukrainian intelligence putting the figure for the spring offensive At between 300,000 and 500,000 soldiers. Russia believed to have approximately 300,000 troops already in Ukraine. Another 200,000 from the recent mobilizations will be called up to fight. Now the Pentagon, for its part, said the new Russian troops are ill-equipped, ill-trained, and they've been rushed towards the front line. Western analysts and Ukrainian officials have been warning for weeks about a brewing offensive in the country's east. They've observed the Russian occupation forces redeploying additional assault groups, units, weapons, and military equipment. According to the military intelligence of Ukraine, Putin gave the order to seize all of the territories of two regions by March. I just want you to think about this and I'd love to hear your thoughts now what should we do what should we do what are the limits of our involvement what's the point where you believe we ought to say no we cannot and should not get any further involved is there a place where you would make such a declaration Love to get your thoughts as we continue the broadcast. Also, we'll talk about 2024. The field for presidential candidates is beginning to grow. And we'll also talk about (laughs) some of the mudslinging already underway. This stuff, I'm just going to tell you, it's pathetic. That much more as we continue our Thursday broadcast. Stay with us. Back on the Vince Coakley radio program. This texter saying, wonder what America would do under the threat of a Mexico, China, and Russia type NATO on our southern border. What's the atmosphere in Russia? Are the citizens protesting against this war? Vince, we should send a strongly worded letter. (laughs) America would likely not go in alone. We can't afford a war right now. Heck, we can't afford peace right now. The Pentagon's hope is Russia's military elite is as incompetent as theirs. Ooh! If Russia wants Ukraine back that bad, let them have it. Keep America out of it. Wasn't Vietnam enough? We need to abandon Ukraine now. All they're doing is looting our treasury and laundering money for the Democrats. Let politicians send their own children first. Then we will know they're committed to win. Stay out of it. Even if the U.S. belonged to this conflict, which we can't afford it, this administration spent an unprecedented amount of tax dollars, and the inflation this caused isn't getting any better. The U.S. needs to tell Zelensky to surrender. His country was corrupt and in control by globalists, this has nothing to do with Ukrainian citizens. The end result is P- Putin will take Ukraine and would have taken over if the U.S. wasn't involved. Alrighty. Mmm. Just a sampling of some of the items into the text line thus far. Do you agree? I, I get this very strong aversion to U.S. military involvement here, I, I, it's in. Did you hear a single text there in support? Let's let's you know rally the troops. Let's help these folks. Wow, that's really interesting. And I would definitely say it's not surprising at all. Not a surprise. Let's jump into the conversation about twenty twenty four. There are a couple of people who are thinking about jumping into the ring. Now, already we've got Nikki Haley, who's going to be making an announcement soon. The Hill is reporting Ron DeSantis is edging closer to a 2024 decision. Several Republicans familiar with the deliberations say DeSantis is almost certain to seek out the GOP's presidential nomination. His advisors have started reaching out to and interviewing potential hires for a campaign, and they're gaming out the best time to announce his intentions. A formal campaign launch still months away. Not likely to come until after the state legislature wraps up its regular session in May. Two sources familiar with the plans said the Florida governor could announce his presidential bid as early as late May or early June. One Republican operative saying, I think his mind is pretty much made up at this point. My read on it is, let's get through session, get some stuff done, see where things stand. But unless something changes drastically between now and then, I'd say he's a go. DeSantis has said very little about his 2024 ambitions, but his growing stature within the GOP, very clear. Early polling shows him beating former President Trump his one-time political benefactor, in a head-to-head primary matchup. And conservatives are increasingly naming him as the top choice for the party's presidential nod. Behind the scenes, DeSantis' advisors have also started laying the groundwork for a national campaign, reaching out to potential hires as they look to staff up his political operation. Another Republican with ties to DeSantis said this is the moment. While the Florida governor has been floated as a potential presidential hopeful for years, as you know, he's got that momentum after scoring a staggering 19-point win in his November re-election bid. That's a margin that's not been seen in a Florida gubernatorial race in four decades. This person saying to the Hill. He needs to seize the opportunity now because who knows what things will look like down the road. He has the momentum now. Another Republican source saying while DeSantis is leaning heavily toward a presidential bid, there's little certainty about the timing. He could even wait till August or September after the summer campaign law to announce his plans. Officially, no comments out of the DeSantis camp on this particular story. Still to come, we're going to talk about the first big smear. He's already got this nickname, Donald Trump does, for Ron DeSantis, DeSanctimonious. So lame. So childish. We're going to tell you about the first big smear he's tried to put out there and how it's been received. And another Presidential candidate who may enter the picture very soon. Stay with us.
0: This is the Vince Coakley radio program. From the heart of the Carolinas, a breath of fresh air, a voice of reason. This is the Vince Coakley radio
1: program. Hour number two of our broadcast. We're in the midst of talking about 2024. What are your thoughts about the race that's shaping up? Donald Trump is in. Nikki Haley will soon be in. You're hearing now Ron DeSantis may get in in May or June. And we have another candidate to talk about in a bit. Before we get there, we mentioned... A little bit of mudslinging that has been underway. I saw this the other day and I just thought, how shallow. Here's what happened on Tuesday. Donald Trump responded to two photos posted to Truth Social of a man posing with three women with a caption claiming that it was of DeSantis grooming high school girls with alcohol as a teacher. That's not Ron, is it? He would never do such a thing, Trump responded. No way. Yes, this is the beginning. Only the beginning, I'm sure. The suspicions the former president raised about his arguably greatest GOP rival, the latest attack on the governor, who Trump has repeatedly warned about running against him for president in 2024. In recent weeks, Trump has labeled DeSantis a rhino globalist. Has claimed the governor loved the COVID vaccine, is taking credit for DeSantis' political success, citing his 2018 endorsement. One person posted on Tuesday Trump is posting pictures of Ron DeSantis and young girls on Truth Social. The 2024 battle has begun, and it's a GOP civil war. Republicans Against Trumpism also wrote on Twitter, Donald Trump accused Ron DeSantis of being a pedophile. This is just the beginning. It will get much uglier in the next few months. I don't mind telling you, because I've said this before. This has nothing to do with hate. I am not a never-Trumper. I voted for this moron twice, and yes, I did say moron, because this what this man is doing now is just disgusting. It really is. But I want to make it very clear, this is it only confirms what I what I've thought, which is this man is done. And I really don't think these antics are going to go over well at all. Maybe they will with you. And so far, I think Ron DeSantis has been very classy in the way he's reacted to this. Here is a clip of what he had to say when uh, asked about these posts on Donald Trump's social media.
4: I spend my time delivering results to the people of Florida and fighting against Joe Biden. That's how I spend my time.
5: Time trying to smear other Republicans.
1: That's right. This texture says "Screw Trump, love DeSantis." Another texture saying Donald Trump would eat him up and spit him out. No problem. I'm sure Donald Trump has plenty of dirt on him waiting to come out. Boy, that's just brilliant, isn't it? <laughs> Vince, I saw the debate with Charlie Crist and DeSantis when he was running for re-election. Wasn't very good. He looked like a deer in headlights. DeSantis couldn't beat Trump in Florida, let alone the rest of the country, this texture says. Vince, I think you agree the 2024 election will be a referendum on Biden's presidency for Republicans to have a chance of defeating him. though, will have to be a glaring reason for independence... And swing voters to vote Republican. Do you think this is attractive? I'm just asking you if you're and and I, I ask you if you're an independent. Do you find this attractive and appealing? Does this make you want to run out and vote for Donald Trump? Just curious. This texture saying Trump's a lost cause, but the perfect distraction and divide. So everyone better start practicing the phrase President Michelle Obama. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Vince, after her State of the Union response, I like to see Huckabee Saunders as vice presidential pick for twenty twenty four GOP nominee. This texture says if I were Trump, I would be careful because he hung out with Epstein for years. Uh huh. People with glass houses, right? Any respect I have for Trump is out the window now. Yes, I voted for him twice as well, but I will not vote for him again. Well, Vince, you've done it again. Open the door for the Kool-Aid drinkers. (laughs) Vince, allow me to get you revved up by saying, Deep State, One World Government, and last but not least, The Swamp, LOL. (laughs) LOL. Vince, I'm 110% Trump. I completely think the last election was stolen from him and couldn't wait for the next one, but I don't like what he's doing to DeSantis. I don't think Trump can win. I'll be voting for DeSantis. So glad to hear that. Folks, reason has to prevail here. It really does. No matter how much sentimentality you may have, there's too much at stake. ...to get sucked into the appeasement of a, an overgrown child. My good friend Steve Dace posted this. Trump and his simps are lying and gaslighting their asses off about DeSantis already. And Ron isn't even in the race yet. But that's exactly what DeSantis would face next year from Democrats. So it's best to find out this year if he can successfully stand up to it. That's a good perspective. Really good perspective to recognize. Yeah, it's a time of testing. I've mentioned this guy's name several times in the past week, and no, I'm not endorsing him. Especially when I see a certain word used here in NBC's reference. The New Hampshire governor, Chris Sununu, has taken a major step toward running for president. The next line... Tells me a lot. The moderate governor is launching a national group to test the waters for a 2024 bid. He's launched a national political organization, a popular tool for prospective presidential candidates testing the waters. The governor first confirmed to NBC on Wednesday he'd formed the Live Free or Die Committee, borrowed from his state's nickname. This is a 501c4 organization where politicians can raise unlimited funds. The donations don't have to be disclosed, and prospective candidates often use these political nonprofits as a way to gauge interest from donors. This comes weeks after Snooter is publicly teased entering the GOP primary, which officially kicks off for the First in the Nation contest in his home state, giving him automatic name ID and familiarity. Folks, it's not very complicated at all. (laughs) What are your thoughts on the uh, food fight and on these names that you've heard thus far? Be very curious to get your thoughts as we continue. Stay with us. On the Vince Coakley radio program, getting your thoughts on the presidential contest shaping up. Let's pick up here. Mr. Trump, please go do something else. (laughs) Okay. DeSantis, Huckabee Sanders, 2024. We need to move on from the Trump era. Just go away, Trump, you toxic moron. Vince just like Sarah Huckabee and she's 40. Biden is 80. It's time for the younger generation. Trump is a has-been. Boy, here's a new name. Dan Bishop 2024. That's my wish. I have to send that to Dan Bishop get his thoughts on that. Republican voters are kind of dumb because they'll do the same thing to DeSantis. Let Trump hammer them and DeSantis can run later. Okay. Pure class DeSantis, no class Trump. Vince, I just emailed DeSantis again to run against Trump. We, the family, voted for Trump the last time, but we can do better. Vince Nunu is part of the Bush Romney Globalist Rhino machine. Okay. <laughs> This text is brutal. As a pedophile himself, Trump knows one when he sees one. DeSantis' to to picture with the high school girls doesn't look entirely like a teacher-student relationship. Vince is somebody who was once accused of being a Trump cultist. I look at these antics with pure disgust. Even Dana Lash, an avid Trump supporter, thought this was childish and stupid. Weren't those girls 18 years old? He was 20 at the time. Bad, bad Ronnie. It's from Jeff. If Republicans vote for DeSantis, the Democrats win because they will attack DeSantis just as they did Trump. The only person to hold these Democrats and certain Republicans accountable for their lies and crimes is Trump. I'm in North Carolina. Based on what I've heard over the years, a big fan of Nikki Haley, every time you mention her name on your show, you are inundated with vitriolic texts. What am I missing? What is the issue with Nikki? By the way, and and to answer your question, I think a lot of people really resented her action on the Confederate flag. Anybody else want to call in in the upstate and let me know what it is that you did not like about Governor Nikki Haley. I'm very curious. You know, now that someone did mention this in the text, I'd be very curious to hear more. Did you think Jeb Bush is going to campaign again for Ron DeSantis if he chooses to run? And this person in the upstate saying, I'd vote Trey Gowdy if he ever ran. He's a no-nonsense kind of guy. I don't think freak out he has any interest whatsoever (laughs) jumping into such a thing Uh, but hey you can try you can certainly try on the state of the union Byron Donald you probably heard his name if you had not heard his name before when I'm I'm trying to remember was it Ralph Norman was it Dan Bishop I think it was Dan Bishop entered Byron Donald's name in As a possible candidate for Speaker of the House. Remember that? He is a black Republican member of Congress. Every time time I've seen this guy, he's sharp. He impresses me. I do think he's certainly a rising star. He posted this on the State of the Union address. I came to the State of the Union with an open mind. Now my brain is mush. Disjointed, incoherent, lifeless. Wow. Wow. Isn't that a great description of the State of Union? It really hit it right on the head. Good stuff there. Oh, now we're getting comments from people about Nikki Haley. (laughs) Boy, I've really really opened up the floodgates on this. Uh, Where shall we begin? You ready for this? This person saying about Nikki Haley. She's a rhino. Rogers says we will never vote for her. Haley is a quitter, Vince. A quitter. Also, Vince, not that Nikki Haley did not do a good job. She just overstepped her boundaries. She's not from the real South. Oh. What does this say? The real sign says no to foreign entities taking over our country. Oh, all right. Vince, appreciate you. Nikki Haley's much like the Bushes and the Cheneys. She's a full supporter of war. Okay. Other text here, I'd like to see Donald Trump back in office as Secretary of State in a DeSantis administration. Oh, goodness. Yeah, like he would ever accept anything like that. Uh, what else do we have here? Trey Gowdy is a talking head. Didn't do a darn thing in D.C., this person says. I prefer DeSantis, but I'll vote for whoever is the Republican nominee. Trump has too much baggage and will be beaten on by the Dems. He won't be able to accomplish anything. DeSantis is our best bet. Vince, make no mistake. We need to repeat the Trump era just without Trump. Okay. Nikki raised taxes in South Carolina and allowed the Confederate flag to be removed, which she allows American history to be erased. We need good and bad history to remind everyone of our mistakes and not repeat them. I resent Haley begging Obama for more unvetted Muslim refugees to be dumped in South Carolina. Across the political spectrum, we're begging her to refuse more. Okay. This is getting out there, folks. Let us see. Uh, I'm trying to <laughs> very carefully wade through these texts, some of which cannot be shared on air. Used to sport Nikki, but since her jersey color changed from red to blue-purple, she's no better than Romney. Ooh. That's pretty brutal. And then we have this silly text from the upstate this person saying you run for president (laughs) yeah that's gonna work great plan great plan uh let's uh quickly take a couple of calls i'll give you each about 45 seconds or so each tommy out of midland first good morning tommy welcome welcome
5: Thank you, Vince, for taking my call. Uh, uh, being a lifelong South Carolinian, living in North Carolina now, and having served in the armed forces and served with a great many uh, of different men from all over the world, from Panama to uh, Europe, uh, East, Eastern Europe, uh, and, and most specifically a lot of African Americans, uh, I resent the fact that people think that a flag should be flying on government grounds that doesn't represent uh, a government, okay? Any flag, uh, I respect what Nikki Haley did. She stood up and did the right thing by taking this flag down. You are free to fly whatever flag you want to fly in your yard. I respect the people that fly the rebel flag. That's their that's their choice, you know. And I don't have an issue with that. But when you serve with people from different walks of life, those kinds of flags shouldn't be on our government buildings.
1: All right, Tommy, he's bringing the heat. Thanks very much for your call out of Midland today. We've. Got more calls, and uh, we'll talk more about this as we continue. Stay with us.
0: is the Vince Coakley radio program. If you'd like to join the conversation, call Vince on the GS Plumbing talk line at 800-928-1110. That's 800-928-1110. Or text the Common Sense Retirement Planning text line at 71307. Now back to Vince.
1: Several things I want to bring to your attention before we go. One of them, keep John Fetterman in your prayers. Again, I've said repeatedly on this broadcast, humanity transcends politics, always should, always will on this program. As you know, John Fetterman had a stroke during his 2022 Senate campaign. He was admitted to the hospital after feeling lightheaded toward the end of the Senate Democratic retreat on Wednesday. Initial tests did not show evidence of a new stroke, but doctors were running some more tests, and he stayed in the hospital overnight for observation. So keep John Fetterman in your prayers. Vitally important to do so. I want to give you a heads up about what is ahead for tomorrow. Tomorrow for Faith Focus Friday, there's a guy who's written a really, really good piece. That we really need to pay close attention to and I'm speaking mainly to evangelical Christians because one of the things that I'm really really concerned about is the church has been co-opted and basically, you know, it's, it's kind of interesting to me because I've had my own views about what is it Revelation 17 talks about the whore of Babylon. I've had my own views about that for years But the older I get, I'm just going to be very blunt about this. The more I'm convinced the church has basically hoarded itself out to politicians. And we need to get a grip on this. Those of you who are genuine believers need to get a grip on this. Nobody should own us. We need to have our own distinct message Our own distinct character and conduct ourselves in a way that uh, really indicates that we are independent and we're not beholden to anybody see we've lost our moral authority and the saddest thing in all of this is we've lost the power of our testimony to speak the gospel because of some of the things that we've done some of the people we've gotten in bed with Some of the political entities that we have become very much connected with so we're going to talk about this tomorrow it is really very important so I want to have a little bit of fun and a story in the hill grabbed my attention and I'm sure it will grab yours you ready for this headline now please put down your coffee Or whatever drink that you're taking in, and especially you don't want to be eating now. I don't want to be responsible for somebody choking death on their food. Okay, I'm giving you that heads up. Now I'm going to read this headline from The Hill. Democrats prop up Harris and Clinton for 2024 if Biden doesn't run. I'm serious, folks. This is a real news story. Former Democratic presidential nominee Hillary Clinton trails only Vice President Harris in a hypothetical 2024 Democratic primary survey without President Biden, topping a field that includes both new names and familiar faces. In this poll, 2,194 people Harris topped a Democrat field without Biden with 32%. Clinton, who's run for president twice, 20%. There's a 3% margin of error. Isn't this crazy? It's real, folks. It's real. <laughs> the two frontrunners, trailed by the likes of Transportation Secretary Pete Buttigieg, California Governor Gavin Newsom, and Representative Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, <laughs> at 11 10 and 8% respectively. Elizabeth Warren, and former Georgia gubernatorial nominee Stacey Abrams, the only potential Democrat candidates to receive more than 4% in the poll. But you heard it right. Clinton is number two, 20%. Now Biden, for his part, is thought to be prepared to launch his campaign in the coming weeks, using the State of the Union address he delivered on Tuesday as a launch pad. Polling has shown the Democrat voters are tepid in their support of him, and many prefer another candidate to be the nominee for 2024 on the Democrat side. Harris's position at the top of the survey, conducted between February 3rd and 6th, comes as she faces approval ratings that are even lower than the president's. According to an aggregation of polling from 538... She has an approval rating of 39 percent compared to Joe Biden's whopping 43. Boy, they're really doing well, aren't they? (laughs) Nancy Pelosi, the former speaker, said on CNN after Biden's State of the Union, she doesn't think any other Democrats will decide to challenge Biden if he runs again. She said, I hope he runs. I'm for him if he runs. I know the Democrats will fully embrace him. If he runs, it's over. (laughs) <laughs> and, uh, boy, what she's saying there has more significant meaning than she knows. <laughs> if he runs, it's over. My goodness, what are your thoughts? Hillary Clinton coming back into the picture. Let's go out to a call from Chris in Charlotte. Good morning, Chris. Welcome.
5: Hey, Vince. Thanks for taking my call. I'd like to respond to that last caller who was, um, pardon me for saying this, but with his righteous indignation, he reminded me of AOC. The gentleman who called about not wanting to see the uh, Confederate battle flag on top of the uh, South Carolina Capitol, I just want to remind people that war was not, people did not join the Confederate Army for their states to fight to keep slavery. They joined the military for that state because the state put out a call to arms. Invaders are marching south into our state. We need people to defend our state. That's why those gentlemen signed up, and that's what that flag represented. That was the Confederate battle flag. That was the soldier's flag, soldiers who answered the call and got killed, died fighting for their state. That's why that flag was up there. The people that want to make it hate have hate in their heart. That is not the true reason for the flag. That is not the way I see it, and most people that support it do not see it that way either.
1: Well, Chris, I I absolutely appreciate and respect your perspective. Uh, Thanks very much for calling in and the passion with which you have communicated that. Stay with us, folks. Back on the Vince Coakley Radio program, the final stretch of the broadcast on this Thursday. Let us go out to a call here. Let's see who we have here. It is Ralph joining us here in Charlotte. Good morning, Ralph. Welcome, sir.
6: Good morning, Vince. You know, I think Biden is being forced to run only because I think You know, they will not indict a sitting president. And so long as he's in the office, he'll have strings on Merrick Garland about, you know, uh, not uh, prosecuting his son also. So, I mean, he only has, I think, 16 percent favorability in his own party that wants him to run again.
1: So you think this is all about staying out of legal jeopardy?
6: Uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, and, and plus gaining more power and gaining uh, more influence while he's in there, and everything, uh, making as much money and profiting off the American taxpayer uh, by selling uh, selling information to the to the you know the chicons and and all the other adversaries.
1: All right. Well, I certainly appreciate you sharing your perspective here. Uh, we will see whether there's any real legal legal jeopardy for joe biden is that what's going on here it is time for us to take a look at the day in history christopher how are you today sir hello vance how are you hey doing pretty good we have a very short list today of items good five
4: that's less chances to be wrong that's good <laughs>
1: Uh, Well, let us uh, start here. It's kind of interesting and very rare that we have a circumstance where you have uh, two people from the same family who serve in political office. Well, we have such as we draw attention to this person who is elected president by the House of Representatives. In fact, his dad was president. There's a big hint right there. There's been more than one Roosevelt, right? That is true, but we're talking, I think that's a nephew-uncle relationship. This is father and son.
4: Oh, the W and uh, 41.
1: 1825 is the year. Oh, uh, uh,
4: there's no nepotism in politics,
1: huh? John Quincy Adams. Remember, we had John Adams. We had John Adams. We had John Quincy Adams. By the way, here's an interesting trivial thing. John Quincy Adams lost the popular vote. And this was an election where the House ended up Making the final choice. Can you imagine if that happened today?
4: Has anybody won just because of the? I mean, you know, it doesn't seem to guarantee anything that you no, win the popular
1: vote. Yeah, it doesn't guarantee anything in our system, which is uh there are good reasons for that.
4: That's runs you need a hit. That's a uh, hit you need runs.
1: Yeah, eighteen ninety four. You're absolutely right. Eighteen ninety four. This chocolate company is founded. It's also the name of a town in Pennsylvania where it was founded. Cadbury, Pennsylvania. No, oh, Her- so Hershey, Pennsylvania. Silly Cadbury. You know, we need to talk about Cadbury. I learned some very interesting things about the company uh, a few days ago. Maybe we'll talk about that sometime in the run-up to that dreaded day next week. 1951, actress Greta Garbo became a United States citizen. Isn't that wonderful? In 1971, Satchel Paige nominated to the MLB Hall of Fame. And the last one I'll leave for you, 1994 was the year this man became the first black president of South Africa. Nelson Mandela. Nelson Mandela, indeed, is the correct answer. You know, it's amazing the obscure categories that have been created for Guinness World Records. How about this one? U.S. News reports that a tiny California mouse has won the Guinness Award for longevity. I guess mice are not supposed to live very long. Longevity among mice? Yes. Isn't that crazy? Maybe they were doing longevity experiments on them. Was it elaborate? Uh, That's a good question. Well, this tiny California mouse has a big title after winning a Guinness World Records title for longevity. Want to know what this is? This pocket mouse named Pat, named after Star Trek actor Patrick Stewart, received the Guinness Approval Wednesday as the oldest living mouse in human care at the ripe age of nine years, 209 days. Isn't that amazing? Don't eat too much cheese, I guess. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Stay out of traps. Yeah. <laughs> well there are the
4: things would mice do to increase their
1: <laughs> odds of survival. And stay away from the cat. Yeah, That's stay another away from cats, really important yeah. one. Yeah. 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 This one was born at the San Diego Zoo's Safari Park, July 14, 2013, under a conservation breeding program. Now the pocket mouse weighs as much as three pennies, the smallest mouse species in North America, gets its name from cheek pouches, the animals used to carry food and nesting materials around. Uh, But this little mouse now um, in the record books. I wonder if he's still the oldest mouse, if you know what I mean. Uh, Yeah, very, very good question. (laughs) That's all the time we have, folks. Have yourselves a great day, and God bless you. Take care.
0: This is the Vince Coakley Radio Program.